Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. For attorneys, today's like Christmas, July 4th, and Super Bowl Sunday all rolled into one. Join parts per billion, won't you, as we celebrate everyone's favorite holiday, the start of a new term at the Supreme Court. Hello and welcome back to Parts Per Billion, Bloomberg BNA's environmental policy podcast. I'm your host, David Schultz. So it's the first Monday in October. How are you celebrating? Today, of course, is the start of the Supreme Court's new term. It's a day that lawyers all across the country look forward to for months, but especially those in D.C. who may have the chance to argue before the nine justices. This is the road to the Super Bowl for uh, many of our Washington uh, uh, lawyers. That attorney you just heard is a man by the name of John Cruden. During the Obama administration, he was the top environmental attorney at the Department of Justice. Right now, he's the incoming president of the American College of Environmental Lawyers. We called John to give us a preview of what to expect for this term, the first term in a while that will begin with all nine seats on the bench filled. As you may recall, the seat belonging to the late Justice Antonin Scalia remained empty for more than a year as the Senate refused to confirm President Obama's nominee. It was subsequently filled by President Trump's choice, Justice Neil Gorsuch. This will be his first full term. This will be the first time he's sitting through uh, all of the different cert grant meetings that they've had. And that will tell us much more about uh, uh, Justice Gorsuch than we know uh, so far. We're going to find out a lot more about Justice Gorsuch, but we're also going to find out more, or maybe we won't find out more, about Justice Kennedy. A lot of rumors swirling around him, uh, a possible retirement in the works. Uh, of course, you never really know for sure until he announces it. But what's, what's going on with him, and what could that mean for this term and the future of the court? It would not be an overstatement uh, to call the current court uh, uh, the Kennedy court. If you look at all of the 5-4 decisions, certainly in the last uh, four or five years, without question, uh, Justice Kennedy was the dominant figure, much the way that Justice Sandra Day O'Connor was uh, uh, before him. Uh, and so if he does uh, uh, retire, uh, that is going to be an extraordinarily significant uh, uh, position to fill, in some ways more significant uh, than when Justice Scalia was replaced. Uh, most of us are looking to see whether or not Justice Kennedy starts hiring clerks uh, for the next term uh, or not. Uh, that will tell us some things. But in any case, we'll all be watching him and how he acts during this uh, term to get some idea uh, of you know, how long he will stay yet on the court. Is that, a, is that unusual for a justice to not have hired um, clerks this, this, uh, at this stage? 
Yeah, our expectation would be normally he would. That does not tell you everything, um, but uh, it tells you a lot. So Gorsuch is in, Kennedy is maybe on his way out. What does all that mean for the environmental cases that come before the court? Well, the real question you should be asking is, are there any environmental cases? And the answer to that is not that many. The only case we know for sure the court has agreed to hear is the one over the so-called Waters of the United States rule. So this is a rule that the EPA put out a couple years ago that tried to define exactly which bodies of water are subject to federal pollution laws. This may sound kind of wonky, but the stakes here are really high because the rule could force people who never had to worry about these pollution control laws to all of a sudden have to, well, worry about them. Immediately after the Waters Rule came out, a whole bunch of people sued the EPA, and ever since then, it's been tied up in court. It has a long and tortured history. There have been uh, numerous uh, uh, decisions, thousands of paper, pages of pleadings filed uh, in this case. Cruden says the whole situation is actually kind of ironic because the EPA only came out with this rule after the Supreme Court told it it had to in a 2006 decision. Now it's very interesting, here we are a decade later uh, and we still can't figure out which court is going to review it and the court that is going to review it right now, the Supreme Court, it's not a merits issue, it's only a jurisdictional issue. That's right, the case before the Supreme Court right now, the one that will be argued next week, is just focusing on a technical issue, which court should be the one that hears all the challenges to the Waters Rule. And to make matters even more complicated, the rule itself might not be in existence too much longer. Now that President Trump is in charge, the EPA is moving to either rewrite or maybe even outright repeal it. At this point, you might be thinking, if this rule is going away, why did the Supreme Court even agree to hear this case? There was virtually no question uh, uh, that soon after he became president, uh, he was going to take action directed specifically at the waters of the United States. And that's exactly what EPA did then. They uh, uh, certainly responded to the directions of the president, uh, and they sent out their own proposed uh, uh, rule. When the Supreme Court took certiorari in January, they knew or had to know uh, that was very unlikely that that same rule was going to be in effect. But that said, there was virtually no question that some rule was going to uh, happen. So even if there is a new rule, it will still have to have a correct jurisdiction. So my own thought is that the Supreme Court decided we might as well resolve it now because if not, we're going to have to resolve it later. So that's it. Right now, that's the only environmental case on the Supreme Court's docket this term. End of podcast, right? No. There are a bunch of other cases that the justices haven't decided whether to hear yet, and some of them involve animals with delightfully strange names, the dusky gopher frog and the bearded seal. You didn't think we'd miss an opportunity to talk about frogs and seals on Parts Per Billion now, did you? But before we get to that, you know I've got to talk about our hashtag. You know, Parts Per B. You should be using it. If you tag your tweets with Parts Per B, you can ask us some questions or share stuff with us, maybe recipes, I don't know. Whatever you want, use that hashtag, parts per B, to join in the conversation. Again, that hashtag is parts per B. So we're back and we're chatting with John Cruden, the top environmental attorney in the Obama Department of Justice. Cruden brought to our attention a bunch of cases that the Supreme Court is still weighing whether to take up. The first one involves the limits of the Endangered Species Act, or ESA. 
and it got started with a dispute over a single amphibious species. In this case, it was the endangered dusky gopher frog. Uh, dusky uh, gopher frog. Uh, uh, that is at issue, uh, and it is uh, the Fish and Wildlife Service uh, uh, designating uh, uh, an area as important habitat uh, uh, for uh, this gopher frog. It's a 15-acre tract of private land, uh, and the private land does not contain any uh, uh, dusky gopher frogs. Uh, and so there are several issues, and that is, uh, can the Fish and Wildlife Service designate private land as habitat, even if there are no uh, endangered species on that. And then there's a whole issue about the cost associated with that. Uh, there's issues of lost development value of the tract, and is it the cost disproportional to the biological benefits of designating uh, uh, the gopher frog as uh, endangered here? Of the ESA cases, of which there are several, uh, I would put this at the top of the list, not necessarily that the court is going to grant it, because frankly they stayed away from ESA cases in the past, but, but clearly they'll give a careful look uh, at, a, at a case like that because it was divided below. There's also another Endangered Species Act case before the court. This one involves a creature with whiskers and flippers. And this was the bearded seal. Uh, bearded seal. Bearded seal uh, uh, listing. Um, and it is, a, 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 in some ways, a fascinating question. Uh, and that is, you know, what about a species that's not presently endangered, uh, um, but with climate change uh, and the melting away of the Arctic sea ice will become, uh, and, uh, it could be decades from now, but will become uh, 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 endangered. Can they be listed as threatened right now? Cruden said the court has sort of taken up this question before. But it does uh, uh, raise in some ways new questions about length of time. So what if it takes 80 or 90 years uh, in order for the sea ice to go significantly uh, uh, far away that the habitat is in danger and then that then triggers listing? You know, how many years would be enough? I see. So it's a matter of, it's, it's sort of the timing, do, you know, how, how much time could it be 100 years? Could it be 500 years? Could it be, you know, a, a century, I guess? Is, is that, are those the questions that are being asked? That's exactly correct. The uh, uh, ebbing away of the sea ice will have a dramatic effect, not just on the bearded seal, but on any number of species who, in fact, uh, uh, depend on that ice flow uh, for habitat, for food, for shelter, and any number of other things. But right now, it's unclear whether the court will even hear this case. I guess we'll just have to wait to see if the justices want to seal the deal. The last case that Cruden mentioned was the one that stems from an incident that many of you might remember, the wastewater spill at the Gold King Mine in Colorado. This is when the EPA accidentally caused the release of toxic wastewater from an abandoned mine. Remember those photos of the streams turning mustard yellow from a couple years ago? That was this. Cruden says this case is before the Supreme Court because New Mexico is suing Colorado. The state is suing another state. It goes directly to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court then acts like a trial court. Many of those have been water dispute cases, and there's some of those still going on right now. But there's one coming up uh, uh, now that the Supreme Court's going to have to deal with and see whether or not they will agree uh, to let the state of New Mexico uh, sue the state of Colorado uh, over the 
thousands of gallons of uh, contaminated water that came out of the Gold King mine. When I say a lot of water, the release of about 3 million gallons of acidic water uh, into a river located in Colorado that flows into New Mexico. And New Mexico wants Colorado to compensate it for cleaning up that water. Will the court take up that case? Who knows, but if it does, check back in with Parse Rebellion and we'll tell you all about it. And that's our podcast for this week. We heard from John Cruden, the incoming president of the American College of Environmental Lawyers. For more of our coverage of SCOTUS and other legal issues, check out our website, bna.com. This episode of Parts Pavilion was produced by myself with help from Rachel Daigle, Patrick Ambrosio, and Jessica Coombs. Special assistance this week comes from Amina Syed. The music for Parts Pavilion is A Message and DZ by Jazar. They were used under Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License. More information can be found at betterwithmusic.com. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher-level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.